Welcome to Inner Work with Marianne Walker, certified life coach for the helpers, healers, and anyone who wants to up-level their life. Life is what you make it, and here we make life pretty great. Come on in. Hi there, and welcome back. So last week we talked a bit about manuals, and today I just kind of wanted to compare manuals with boundaries a little bit. So as you already know, a manual is like our list of instructions for how we think other people are supposed to think, act, and behave in order to make us feel good. Having a manual for another person is a sign that we have slid into emotional childhood. A boundary, on the other hand, is what we are going to do in order to help ourselves to feel safe and secure. It is taking accountability for our own actions and for our own health and well-being, and this is emotional adulthood, right? It can be helpful when thinking about personal boundaries to kind of think about your personal energy as your home. So you may have a fence around your perimeter, or you may have a lock on the door. And these are boundaries to let other people know that, hey, this is my space, and only those that I have invited here may enter. If somebody came into your home without being invited, you would probably call the police, right? That's what I would do. <laughs> Likewise, if somebody pushes your boundary, you are the one that needs to take action. You can't just sit there and cry at them that you need to change and you need to do this. That would be not effective, right? If somebody just walked into my house and they just decided that they belonged there, I couldn't just stand there and say, no, you need to leave. Well, why? I'm here. I have to be the one to, be, to be proactive and take that action. So let's talk for just a moment about what a boundary isn't. A boundary is not telling somebody else what to do and how to behave. A boundary is not making another person responsible for your feelings. A boundary is not controlling another person. It is not our job to control other people. (laughs) We are not responsible for them. Yes, if they're your child, you are responsible for them. But even in the parent-child dynamic, the kid is still going to do what the kid's going to do. And the parent gets to decide how they're going to respond. We still cannot control them. So let me share some more examples about what a boundary isn't. So a boundary is not exerting control over another person. It's not forcing other people to comply. It's not telling somebody, hey, I don't like that. You should stop that. I mean, you guess you could make that a request, but that's not really a boundary. A boundary is not, you can't do this to me. I love this quote that popped up in my Facebook feed that says what a boundary is. I just love how it's worded. It's it's by Jaya John, and it says, Your boundary need not always be an angry electric fence that shocks those who touch it. It can be a consistent light around you that announces, I will be treated sacredly. And I just absolutely love that. A boundary creates sacred space. And it does so while also honoring the free will of both parties. So when you notice yourself attempting to control someone else's behavior, first notice, how does that feel for you? (laughs) How does it feel to try to control somebody that you really truly can't control? They're going to do what they're going to do. And also, how does it feel to put someone else in charge of your emotions? Because that's essentially what we're trying to do when we're controlling somebody. We want to control them to help us to feel good, right? Because yeah, and that's the other question to ask yourself is why? Why do I want to control them? Because generally speaking, when we're seeking to control somebody else, it's because we have this belief that this other person is somehow responsible for how we feel, right? It means a part of us believes that this other person should cater to our desires. And it means this point that you have now slipped back into that emotional childhood that we talked about last week, and you now have a manual or a list of instructions that you think that they should be following, but it's really just to make you feel good. But as we know, 
you're the only one that can make you feel good, <laughs> right? We are the only ones responsible for our emotional state. So let's say that you've been following this eating protocol and you're totally killing it. You've just been being super amazing on this and you're already down 10 pounds and it's super awesome and you're looking super amazing. And then you go into work Friday morning and you see that a coworker has brought in some donuts from your favorite donut shop downtown. How would you respond in that moment? <laughs> if you were acting through emotional childhood, you might pout and tell them, you know, that was so inconsiderate. Like, don't you know how hard I've been working on this? And what are you trying to sabotage me? I mean, take those things out of here. But really, they were just bringing in donuts because they wanted a donut and they thought it might be nice to share. But somehow you've now managed to make it mean something about you and specifically that they now have a personal vendetta against you. And when that happens, notice that you are now kind of both the victim and the villain. <laughs> you're the victim because now you're a victim of circumstance, because apparently your success or failure on your eating protocol is 100% conditional upon what is in the room with you. And that's pretty disempowering, right? But you're also the villain because you're now lashing out at your coworker and trying to control them. And you've turned them into the bad guy when they were trying to be the nice guy. So you're kind of playing this dual role of victim and villain. It can be pretty disorienting for those in your presence. Uh, so some other statements that are kind of more like manuals than boundaries are statements like this. Don't smoke or vape with me in the car. Don't swear at me. Or you better be on time this time. And kind of with this last one, we can see that there's like a threat that is implied, but really we have no idea what that even means. Be on time this time or what, right? <laughs> and these statements also kind of give our power away and they leave us feeling like a victim because essentially we are. Essentially, we have become a victim by choice. We have chosen to surrender our personal happiness and well-being to somebody else. But what other people choose to do or not do is completely out of our control. So a boundary is not, you can't do this to me. That's extremely disempowering. But rather, a boundary is, if you choose to do this, then I will do this. And that is where your power lies. You still have a choice in how you respond. A boundary allows space for the free will of both parties, because really, each of us really is free to do whatever we want. And once we can accept that, then we can choose to be more proactive in controlling the only thing that we really can control, <laughs> which is ourselves. So let's see if we can kind of tweak these previous examples and make them into actual boundaries where we're still allowing the free will of both and creating sacred space for ourselves and choosing proactively how we're going to show up. So maybe rather than saying, don't you smoke or vape with me in the car, then we could say, hey, if you're going to be smoking in the car, I'm going to find another ride. Rather than saying, don't swear at me, you could say, if you swear at me again, I'm going to leave the room. Rather than saying, don't you dare be late, you could say, hey, if you're not here by 515, I'm going to go ahead as planned and you'll need to find another ride. Rather than saying, I can't believe you sabotaged my diet, get those donuts out of here, then maybe you could say, hey, I'm going to take a walk while you guys snack on those. And next week, I think I'll bring in a fruit and veggie tray to share. Again, it's being proactive about it rather than staying in that victimhood and choosing to let other people be responsible for how you feel. And notice how much more empowering these statements are. We aren't changing the other people's behaviors, right? We aren't forcing them into compliance, but we are proactively choosing how we're going to respond to their behaviors in a way that treats ourselves as sacred and also treats them with 
you know, respect that, hey, I, I respect you and your choice and and I want to keep you in my life. So you're free to do what you want to do. It just feels so much better, doesn't it? <laughs> so boundaries allow both of you to exercise your free will. And the people in these examples, they really are free to do what they want, right? They can still vape or swear or show up late and we can't control what they do. And it is not our place to tell them what they can and cannot do, but we can tell them what we plan to do and allow them the opportunity to choose how they want to show up, right? And just as they have their free will, you also have your free will to drive alone, to leave the room or hang up the phone if they're, you're getting sworn at, or to leave for the event on time, or even to bring your own healthy snack to work. But the important thing to remember is that a boundary is stating what you will be doing. It is not forcing the other person to do what you think they should be doing. There's really no reason to get all ruffled up. <laughs> There's no reason to yell or to pout or to throw a tantrum. We can just simply treat ourselves, our energy, and our time as sacred. That's it. And the beautiful thing is that when we are stating our true boundaries from this place of treating ourselves sacredly, um, we're able to just show up in, a be in better ways, right? In more supportive ways with a heart of peace and love and mutual respect. And it allows both parties the opportunity to show up as they please or to not show up at all, as the case may be. We are not taking away anyone's agency. So do boundaries always need to be spoken? Not necessarily, right? Like I don't need to go in and like anytime I enter a room, I need to say, hey, just so you know, if you punch me in the face, I'm going to leave. <laughs> you know, I could, I could just leave if that happens. But obviously that's something that probably wouldn't be happening. But oftentimes it's just how whatever your actions and behaviors are going to set the space for creating that sacred space for you. So I can treat myself as sacred and get myself to a safe space. The truth is that the only one that you have control over is you. Even if you've told somebody a thousand times, they still have a choice on if they're going to fulfill your request or not. And you, likewise, have a choice in how you will respond. Keep in mind, however, that we teach people how to treat us through the behaviors that we'll, we are willing to tolerate. And I'm going to say that again because this is a big deal. But we teach other people how to treat us through the behaviors that we are or are not willing to tolerate. So for example, if you choose to remain in the vehicle where someone is smoking or vaping, you are essentially teaching them that you accept that behavior. Even if you're grumbling and groaning and putting the window down and making a scene, you're still teaching them that you're going to stick around in that situation. Like you might not like it, but you're still going to stay. If you choose to stick around when somebody is cussing at you, you are letting the other person know that you are accepting of their disrespectful tone and language. If you're choosing to wait 20, 30, 60 minutes or more for your friend who is known for always showing up late, you are teaching them that you are willing to not only wait for them, but you are also willing to show up late to events when they are the ones who failed to plan accordingly. Your actions teach others what actions and behaviors you are and are not willing to tolerate. Even if you've told them a thousand times, if you are not changing your behaviors, it is highly unlikely that anything will change. And maybe that's even something to think about. How many times do you want to make a request for a change in behavior? And if you have already told somebody a thousand times and they haven't done it, that's been 1,000 times that you've shown them what behaviors you are and are not willing to tolerate, right? You have the freedom to choose how you're going to respond in any given situation. Too often, we remain in uncomfortable situations hoping that the other person will change. And we might even be thinking, well, maybe if I show them that I love and accept and, and respect them, then maybe they'll start to love and accept and respect me. 
But are you really loving, accepting, and respecting yourself and treating yourself as sacred if you're continuing to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations? And really, if you aren't treating yourself as sacred, why would anybody else? You are a sacred being worthy of love and respect. And you know how I know? Because every single being on this planet is worthy of love and respect. So please treat yourself accordingly. Teach other people how to treat you by how you treat yourself. If you want to be treated differently, respond differently. Choose proactively how you want to respond. You can choose to leave. You can choose to stay. You can choose to act. You can take ownership of your response. That's where your power lies. So one additional thought on boundaries versus manuals. Sometimes it can be kind of hard to know if you're setting a boundary or if you're acting, you know, or if you're going through a manual and acting through emotional childhood. So if you aren't sure, like kind of check in with yourself and settle into your heart and ask yourself, am I setting a boundary line or a battle line? Am I treating myself as sacred and respecting the other person's agency? Or am I kind of nitpicking and fault finding and, and um, yeah, just take a minute to do that little gut check about a boundary line or a battle line. And that one little gut check can do wonders. So I hope you have a marvelous week, you gorgeous and sacred being you. <laughs> you are learning and growing each and every day. And even though sometimes there are growing pains along the way, especially around boundaries, um, you're doing amazing things. And hey, just a little bit of news. There are so many ways to follow me now. So if you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to also uh, follow my page on Facebook by searching Inner Work with Marianne Walker, or you can also find me on both Instagram and TikTok under marianne.walker.life. TikTok is kind of new for me, <laughs> but my teens are helping me to learn all of its magical ways, and it's kind of fun over there. And hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, feel free to subscribe and leave me a review. It helps other listeners to know if this content might resonate with them. And yeah, it just helps us to grow an awesome community. So anyway, love you guys. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. Bye.